Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. And by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to AutoLine Daily. I'm Murray Feldman from Fox 2 News here in Detroit, once again filling in for my friend John McElroy for the next couple of days. But right now, let's take a look at today's top stories. And we'll start across the pond, as it were, with our friends at Volvo, who, for the first time in about four years, are revealing a new car, the XC90. And it's about time. The old one has been with us for about 13 years, more than double the usual life cycle of a vehicle like this. And from the looks of it, it's quite an upgrade. Lower, wider, and longer with more cargo and interior space. The 2016 XC90 is built on a brand new scalable architecture called SPA, which will handle a variety of future Volvo vehicles. But for now, this one due in dealerships next April might be noted at least early on for its signature interior feature, a 12-inch tablet-like touchscreen display. And we should probably mention the 400-horsepower T8 plug-in hybrid powertrain that you can order as well. And heck, they've even updated the iconic Volvo iron mark on the grille. And if a new car wasn't enough on its own, Volvo is producing a loaded special edition that sells for about $66,000. But there's only a run of 1,927, 1927, a homage to the year that the company was founded. So if you're interested, you can go online starting tomorrow, August the 28th, and place your order. Meanwhile, staying in Europe for a moment, Russia has more issues than just its dust-up with the Ukraine. Bloomberg reports that Autovaz, the maker of Lada cars, the country's top nameplate since the days of the Soviet Union, continues to lose market share, much to the chagrin of Renault-Nissan, the company's controlling investors. So far this year, Autovaz only has about 15.5% of its own market. And the new CEO and former GM executive, Bo Anderson, says the goal is 17. Safe to say it doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. But what's on the docket is step one, reducing the company's workforce by nearly 20 percent. And step two, cut what Anderson calls unnecessary bureaucracy and management as well. Sounds like a different business attitude than the old Soviet Union days, eh? The battle to organize VW's Chattanooga plant just took a strange twist. Last week we reported that the UAW has enough members in its new local union at the facility to be recognized by VW as the exclusive bargaining agent for the plant. But now Reuters reports that workers who don't want to be represented by the UAW are attempting to create their own union called the American Council of Employees. The anti-UAW workers hope that VW will allow employees to hold a new vote to choose which union they prefer. We're not sure how much of a chance that anti-UAW crowd has because it looks like VW would prefer to go with the UAW. Last week, Honda stirred up a storm about big jumps in subprime lending to car buyers. Honda criticized its competitors for making loans to subprime buyers, and other media sources have warned about a subprime bubble. But now Equifax, one of the major credit agencies, says this whole subprime brouhaha is way overblown. Equifax says a lot of people, through no fault of their own, lost their job or their home during the Great Recession, and they were downgraded to subprime status. But it says that now many of these people are getting back on their feet financially, and as long as they make their loan payments on time, they could eventually get back to a prime credit rating. Equifax also pointing out that if these car buyers can't get a loan, they'll never be able to build up their credit scores. And besides, with today's tighter lending standards, Equifax says a 620 credit score in 2014 is a lot better than it was in 2007, 
and it says that's a key reason why delinquencies are at one of the lowest rates we've ever seen. Coming up next, a look at GM's corrosive issue. Here's one of the great things about the all-around performance of our Dueler tires. Excellent traction! Do you need a ladder? Yes, I do. Okay. At Bridgestone, our passion for performance knows no bounds. Every automaker says that it's a good idea to inspect brake lines every so often to make sure that they're still in good shape, but could this maintenance practice ever be turned into a recall issue? Here's Sean McElroy with that report. Auto Line Garage is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion. Back in July of this year, the Center for Auto Safety called on GM to recall around 6 million trucks and SUVs from the late 90s to early 2000s due to corroding brake lines. But GM shot back, saying it's a maintenance issue that affects every automaker, and these vehicles are way out of warranty. And of course, plenty of other makes and models have had brake lines wear out. So why is the Center for Auto Safety going after GM? And who's right? In my mind, GM clearly has an issue with rear brake lines corroding on those vehicles, especially in states that salt roads during the winter. And I think you can even include the automaker's vans from those same years. This is not breaking news either though. I have been replacing brake lines on these GM vehicles for years, so a recall could have been argued for well before they were out of warranty. The one area where GM does have a leg to stand on is the part about this being a maintenance issue. Checking for corroded brake lines on any make or model is good practice and necessary, but it's a little bit harder to check on the vehicles in question than the average car or truck. The most common area for failure is a small section between the frame and gas tank, which can make it very difficult to see all of that section of brake line, so the gas tank may have to come out. But if you do have to replace the brake lines, the gas tank should be removed for a proper fix anyway. In the end though, this is more than just a maintenance issue. It's poor design. The area where the lines sit in the C-notch of the frame and the brackets that hold them down allow dirt, water, and salt to accumulate, which is why it's such a common failure. And to hammer my point home that this is poor design, the fuel lines that sit in the same C-notch in the frame and share the exact same brackets as the brake lines are almost as likely to rot through. For Autoline Garage, I'm Sean McElroy. Thanks for the report, Sean. And that brings us to the end of today's show. I'm Murray Feldman from Fox 2 News here in Detroit. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you tomorrow.